food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. I hear this concern all the time in our space, and you might be able to relate to this, but a lot of food bloggers really want to increase their domain authority, and they just don't know how to do it. I have Allie Peterson with me. She's from naturallyplantbased.com, the food blog, and she started food blogging one year ago, you guys, in January of this year, so you know, three, four months ago. She started digging into increasing her domain authority and just learning about it and figuring out how to do it. And she went from a DA of three to a DA of 22 currently, which is incredible. So in this episode, she shares all of her secrets. She has a few strategies that I think anyone can employ. And I hope that you find value from it, whether you are interested in doing this quickly or not. This is episode number 418, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hello, my favorite people. Let's chat quick about some ways Eat Blog Talk can help you ditch the overwhelm, manage your time, feel connected, and prioritize that seemingly never-ending stream of tasks, platforms, and algorithm changes we're faced with. The Eat Blog Talk Mastermind Program is our signature offering and the best investment you will make in your blogging business. This is a transformative 12-month experience that will help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible. Join the waitlist for 2024 groups. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind to get in on that. If the mastermind program is on your dream board, but you aren't quite ready to make that investment in your business yet, the next perfect step for you might be the Eat Blog Talk Mini Minds. This six-month program is designed to help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that may be holding you back so you can experience the freedoms you're yearning for. Join the waitlist for groups starting in Q4 of 2023 at eatblogtalk.com forward slash mini minds. And if you are ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person, join me and a handful of your fellow food bloggers at an upcoming Eat Blog Talk retreat. This is a great opportunity to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaboration and are incredibly powerful and fun experiences. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash retreat. To get information about all eBlog Talk services, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services, eatblogtalk.com forward slash services. Now back to the episode. Allie is a plant-based food blogger who creates small batch vegan recipes for the busy individual. She has followed a plant-based lifestyle for six years now and loves sharing her passion for easy, healthy cooking. Allie is dedicated to teaching others about the plant-based diet and showing them simple ways to cook vegan meals. Hey, Allie. Thank you so much for joining me on eBlog Talk. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Megan? I'm doing good too. This is such a great way to end my day. You're my last interview. I'm super pumped to talk about domain authority today. I know you have a kind of a cool story to bring to the table, but we'd love to hear a fun fact first, if you have one. Sure. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks again for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because I've been 
blogging for a bit now and listening to your podcast for a while. And you're so helpful and inspirational, especially for new bloggers. So I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. And Aww, I'm so honored to be able to like talk to you today. Yeah. So my fun fact is actually before I became a vegan food blogger, I actually blogged in a lot of other areas, just kind of randomly. So back when I was 16 years old, I decided that I really wanted to do makeup videos. <laughs> and so I actually did oh. a couple makeup videos back then, just a couple, and they were kind of goofy videos. And that was my first trial really at blogging. I didn't really move that far into that, but just my first trial at blogging. And then after that, I did a, <laughs> they're kind of funny and embarrassing. I can't find them anymore, which is good. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd want anyone. <laughs> I was going to ask if you could find them. Yeah. I don't think I'd want anyone to discover them, <laughs> but I also tried out on like a lifestyle kind of food blog back when I was in college. And then after that, I did a little bit of blogging actually for a physician assistant blog. I'm outside of being a food blogger. I'm actually a full-time physician assistant. And so I had this idea to create a blog for other like physician assistants, but that just wasn't where my passion was. So all of those like here you are led me. Yeah. To vegan yeah. food blogging. Oh my gosh. So you have quite a collection of experiences with <laughs> blogging and content creation. I feel like all of those kind of just led me towards this path of I should be a blogger. I just needed to find the right avenue for me. Yes. And you're here, right? Or maybe it'll yes. keep evolving. Who knows? I don't think any of us ever know that. <laughs> Right, right. That's awesome. I love that. That kind of leads into this, like just your story about starting food blogging very recently and then just making this decision to focus on your domain authority. So I guess to start, Allie, do you just want to talk about like that point when you decided to start food blogging and when and just talk us through how that's been? Yeah. So I started, it was a little over a year ago. I actually started mostly on Instagram, just was creating recipe videos, vegan slash plant-based recipe videos. And that was really fun, except I wasn't really focusing on anything with a website. I started a website, but I didn't really post too much on it. I just kind of threw on a couple recipes. Nothing was really formal. And this past fall, kind of winter, I started to learn a little bit more about developing my website. And that's when you discover everything about SEO, you know, keyword research, things like that. And that's when, you know, as you're doing all that research, you discover this thing called DA, you know, domain authority. What does that mean? And I remember at this fall slash winter time, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I was on like the key search tool and I saw my number for DA and I just remember just feeling like my heart dropped when I saw that number. I was like, oh, wow, my, my blog is like not doing too hot. I mean, I had really not focused on it that much, so it's understandable that my DA was at a level three. I mean, it was pretty low, but I mean, you have to start somewhere. So I did feel like a little bit discouraged at first, but I tried to really take that like doubt and, you know, sadness, I guess I could say about like having a low DA and turning it into motivation to learn all about growing my DA, really growing like the authority of my blog to be more like visible and on Google search. And so that's really how it all started. I was just really motivated to see that number grow and like build my EAT, as we call it, you know, the expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. So, yeah. So, would you say that's been your primary focus for the past few months is just focusing on getting your DA up? For the most part, yeah. I think when you're growing your DA, you're also kind of like building your blog as a whole. But 
I, I really like numbers. So I do like to kind of track and see like the changes with my VA. That's what I've really been delving into is, you know, we'll talk about further, like building the backlinks, building like the authority of your blog so that it can rank a little bit better on Google, you know, amongst a lot of the other higher VA um, sites. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned backlinks. So do you want to talk about that? Like for anyone who's not familiar, like what is a backlink? What is the importance of it? And then maybe like, you know, no follow, do follow situation. So backlinks are when someone is like on another website is linking back to your site. And there's two ways that they could be linking back to you. So it could be either a do follow, which signals to Google that the site is really pointing back to yours, showing your blogs like authority, saying that they they trust you, they trust you as a source versus like a no follow link really doesn't have any, shall I say, like authority juice, like there's nothing really supporting your blog from that. But it's still a backlink. But definitely what we focus on with domain authority is trying to grow the do follow links back to your site. So it's trying to grow that authority of your blog. You know, my goals with like building these do follow links is really trying to find links in general that are more relevant to my site. So I'm not trying to get backlinks from like a hunting and fishing site linking back to my like vegan food blog. So it's really good to try to overall like gain more backlinks that are from sites that are a little bit more relevant to your blog. And then just generally how I use DA, I just wanted to talk about that briefly because I know a lot of people talk about to essentially to not focus so much on the number. And I, and I totally get that because it's, it's not a Google ranking factor, you know, as, as we talk about, as other people have, have talked about before too. And it doesn't really dictate exactly where you're going to land, you know, in the search, but I feel like it's really useful to know your DA and grow your DA so that you can know really the strength of your page, like against your competition. So I really use it mostly just like to compare and, you know, to watch my growth too. And that's the main way that I use it to to grow my blog's authority on Google. Yeah, since it is not a ranking factor, I know a lot of people just kind of set it aside. Like I don't, I'm, and I'm one of those people, I feel like my blog is really old and I have a higher DA, but I've never really focused on that. And I think that's okay too. I think just depends on what your goals are. Like it sounds yeah. like you, you know, it's incorporated into your goals and your plan to increase that and increase your authority and all of that. But I don't necessarily think that it should be like a laser focus for everyone. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's probably more useful for people who are just starting out to understand what DA is. And just use it, you know, really as kind of a guide to continue to grow your blog, grow your backlinks. But really, you should be focusing, you know, on just growing your overall EAT of your blog and, you know, creating good content and creating content that's going to rank. So I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's for everyone to focus on, you know, and for you, your blog is a very like strong blog that's been around for a long time. So you don't have to worry about the DA as much too, which is nice, which is, you know, that's, we start... We start off our blogs like working really hard, putting in like all this time in hopes that, you know, someday our blog will be like yours where it will (laughs) be like just a very strong blog with like a really great DA that kind of like keeps it going too. Well, I appreciate that. Also, you could see it as a giant mess because I have (laughs) so much content. But yeah, I mean, it is it is interesting, I think, to just peek at your DA once in a while just to see like, oh, okay, it's gone up a few points or down a few points. Mine fluctuates over time and it also varies from checker to checker pretty greatly. Like on one checker, I think I'm like 65 and on another, I'm like 50 
high 50s. So it's, yeah, like you, I think the advice I've heard from SEO experts is to just pick your checker and stick with it. Is that kind of what you do? Yeah, yeah. I really stick with like Ahrefs. I don't know why from the beginning, I just always use them, but I know a lot of people use Nas and like a lot of other things, but you're totally right. It's kind of all over the board. And so I just try to stick with one number just to like kind of guide me along the way. Right. An arbitrary number. So do you use DA as kind of a reference point when you were doing keyword research? I did. Yeah, I would use it a little bit, or I should say I do use it kind of as a guide to know if I might rank on like the first page of Google. So if I look at a key, like a keyword and all the sites have DAs of, you know, 50 plus and, you know, I have a DA now of 22. I know it's going to be a little bit tougher. It doesn't mean that I couldn't rank for it. It would just be, I have to write a really good quality blog that may take a long time to get to that point. But I do know that, you know, over time as we grow our blogs, you know, we can start to rank for some of those words later on too. So I use it a little bit. Do you use DA at all? Like when you choose your keywords? I do. I mean, I look, I keep an eye on other people's DA, kind of having an idea of what mine is and mine too. Like if there's a keyword that I really want to go after, but I see that like 75 and up is the DA for the top five people who have that keyword secured on Google. I tend to shy away. So I do use it. Like it's in the back of my mind all the time. So I think that's good to have in mind. That's a good reason to have yours in mind so that you can kind of gauge where other Mm -hmm. people are at too. Yeah. Especially for people like in your niche too, who, Mm, you know, they're kind of your bigger competition, you know, per se. I know we're all like friends as food bloggers, but they are like essentially your competition, you know, to rank like on the first page. So it's good to know, yeah, where they're at, you know, with their DA. I agree. And there are those times when I don't look at that and then I go for a bigger keyword and I actually can get the spot. I mean, it's kind of an anomaly when that happens, but not to like, you know, tell you that you should shy away from every keyword that has higher DAs, like sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like it's worth going for it. But just, yeah, yeah like like you've said, Allie, just kind of keep it in mind. Yeah. And actually, it's funny that you say that sometimes you'll go for a keyword and, you know, you don't really look at the DA and then you'll just rank, rank really well for it, even yeah. if it's higher DAs. Because when I first was looking at, you know, my DA and understanding about keyword research and everything, I saw that I had one post that was ranking above everyone else on the first page of Google with my DA of three. And it was actually a word that, you know, like was getting some traffic to my blog. So it doesn't mean everything, you know, that actually made me feel good that despite having a low DA, I was still having a good ranking post. Yeah, absolutely. You just never know, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had, when you checked in, was it January, you had a DA of three and you were like, oh my gosh, this is so low. Mm -hmm. And then in just a short time, I mean, it is only April. So what is your DA now? So now I'm at 22 and it kind of fluctuates. Like you said, yours does. Like I've been up to like 23, maybe 24 at a couple of times, but I'm kind of at a steady like 22 right now. So that's yeah, awesome. yeah, it's been that's a, a huge <laughs> increase in a very short amount of time. So, thank you. Kudos to you for making this happen, and everyone's dying to know now. How did you do this? Yeah, I'm so happy to share it with other people, especially like new bloggers who are trying to to grow, especially in their backlinks and their DA. So, one of the biggest things that I focused on was actually the Facebook Roundup groups. So, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about these. They're the groups, the food blogging niche, you know, roundup groups. There's a lot of them on Facebook. I think there's like four or five of them now. I don't know if you're part of those. You probably are. 
lot of food bloggers are. I am uh, not. I do not. I kind of avoid Facebook if at all yeah. possible, but I know a lot of people do those groups. Yeah. You know, there's like Roundup Palooza, Blogger Roundup Request. There's a lot of them, but essentially a lot of other bloggers with, you know, really high DAs to kind of a range are posting these Roundup requests looking for certain recipes. And I mean, pretty much all of them are going to give you a do follow link back. So it's either for their own blog or for a client. So what I did for the past month is I would be checking Facebook frequently. I actually turned on like notifications from these blog roundup groups. And so, you know, if someone was posting, I would get like most of the notifications, not that it would like ding my phone, but if I went on Facebook, I would see that people had put requests in a certain group. And so I would check this, I mean, three to four times a day. (laughs) I have to admit, you know, quite a bit. I don't love to be on Facebook, but, you know, I was dedicated to finding you know, these posts where people are looking for certain recipes. So definitely check frequently. And I would try to respond really as soon as possible. So some of these bloggers want recipes within like an hour. I've seen them close the comments within an hour. And so you think it's your, yeah, yeah. They're not always that quick, but I've seen it. And I've gotten my like recipe in there and they end up choosing it, which sometimes they tell you they'll like your recipe and sometimes they don't tell you that that yours was chosen. But I would really try to respond as soon as possible because yours is just more likely to get seen if you respond quicker and especially if they close the comments more quickly. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. But that was pretty much my main focus on Facebook was these roundup groups. I mean, I would really look at the relevancy too of the blogs. I mean, any food blog is great to backlink to yours. It's still relevant, but if it was like a vegan niche, that was even better because I, I just feel like it helped strengthen my blog a little bit more to have it from like yeah. another vegan or like plant-based site. Yeah. So that was my main strategy on Facebook. Okay. And then you said that just like the relevancy thing was huge. So do you ever branch out of your niche if you see something that you're like, oh, I could fit in there or do you stay away from that? Oh, I do still like post in other people's requests. So if there's a a site that's looking for like sides for barbecue, you know, I'm not really creating like barbecue recipes, but I still post in that because I still think it's supporting my blog, but I would definitely prefer if it was, you know, vegan if possible. But yeah, I think especially at the beginning, it's great if you could just build up as many of the backlinks to your posts as possible. And I'll usually try to post like more of my newer and updated content to try to give it a boost, like getting more backlinks, especially if it's a word, oh, like a keyword yeah. that's like a low competition. I think you use, do you use Rank IQ? Yes. Yeah. So you know about the low competition, you know, trying to yep, find, yep. you know, low competition keywords that are going to rank more quickly. So I'll try to use my new recipe posts that are maybe more likely to rank quickly, like very fast or something like that, as Rank IQ says. In hopes that they can get a few more backlinks to like boost them a little bit quicker with the SERP. Oh, that's smart. That's gold right there. I love the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have noticed a difference. Like I think if I can get more backlinks earlier on, I feel like it does rank a little bit more quickly. So Okay. I love that. Yeah. And then just like you mentioned, like just doing it consistently. So you go on every day. Do you, would you say that you first of all, are there inquiries every day on in these groups? Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, okay. because there's like four to five groups, there's a lot of requests. I mean, I would say there's sometimes sometimes upwards of like 10 requests per day. Sometimes they're cross-posted like in multiple groups where it's the same request. But, you know, some days I'll strike out. There won't be anything that fits my blog. But sometimes I'll get lucky and there'll be maybe two or three, you know, blogs that are looking for posts that are related to my content. 
Okay, great place to start. So you kind of use that as a base strategy. Is there anything else you do to help boost that number? Yeah, and I use the Haro and Cora sites. So probably a lot of other bloggers have heard of these. I'm sure you've heard of these too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a great spot to check out where journalists post a lot of questions looking for like quotes or comments specifically from like professionals in certain fields. And sometimes these are pretty big sites. Like I've heard, you know, New York Times or, you know, other big sites like that too that are looking for quotes or comments. And most of them are going to backlink to you like a do follow backlink. Although I have heard like some sad stories of people getting backlinks that are like no follow. I don't know if you've heard about that, but yeah. But overall, I hear good things about this. So I would be checking this often too. You can get email notifications, seeing if there's anything related to, you know, what you do in your food blogging. I think it's great for people who have like qualifications, like if you're a Mm. dietitian or a nutritionist or like culinary trained chef or anything like that, I think it will help you get chosen more for like a quotes or comments. Yeah. I love this recommendation from, this comes from Brandon, the creator of Rank IQ and the Blogging Millionaire. He yeah. talks about like if you get on the Harrow, Haro, whatever <laughs> email list and they send it out twice daily. So there's like a morning edition and an afternoon edition and they send it at the same time. So if you kind of like get the email, note the time, whatever it is, and then put a yeah. notification in your phone or computer like five minutes before so that you're ready, like you're in your inbox. And if you can be one of those first people to act on whatever they're asking for the deliverables, then they'll likely pick you. Like kind of what you were saying about the Facebook groups, first come, first serve, be fast, be there, be ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I love that. I never thought of that. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so simple, but yeah. Yeah, I love that idea too. I don't don't feel like I've been as on top of it as I should be. You get so many emails from them. That's the problem. It's almost kind of like, I mean, you sign up for it, so you know you're going to get a lot of emails, but that's such a good idea to you put notifications on to check it kind of like the Facebook thing as you said just trying to be you know consistent trying to be quick like getting your your recipe or your word out there too in hopes that you're more likely to get chosen yeah and some of them are like you have to look through a long list and you're like really they want I know this it's kind of funny reading through all the topics I know once in a while I'm like oh my gosh I know I could give them a recipe or I could give them I don't know, something that I know about, like some yeah. sort of knowledge. So it is worth just kind of browsing through, I think. Yeah. Have you ever, just curious, have you ever been chosen through these sites? I have. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I really, I still get the emails. I see them and browse through them. I haven't responded uh-huh. to any in years, but yeah, I mean, I've been chosen before. And I know there's actually a member in my mastermind group right now who, like, that's how she got on the map and she got selected for like a really big piece for I want to say it was like the New York Times digital something like it was a big deal Wow, that's and awesome. she's a really good writer so she wrote a really comprehensive good quality piece and then because of that she got chosen for other things and then I think they like hired her so then oh she God. was like a yeah I mean so it can lead to good things if you take it seriously yeah, and kind of snowball into like other yeah, opportunities exactly. that's great yeah right that's amazing it can go beyond DA to other opportunities if if you deliver just quality work right so yeah that's amazing 
I wish I was honestly a better writer. <laughs> if I had those <laughs> skills, you know, like to write like a really amazing article for someone, well, yes. I would definitely take advantage of that. So kudos to her. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then Cora, I'm not super familiar with Cora. Can you describe how that works? Is it the same as Haro or yeah. is it different? Yeah, it's pretty similar to the, um, and to be honest, I use mostly Haro, but I've like logged on to Cora just to look every once in a while too. But I know, like, I think Casey Marquis recommended it as, like, an alternative if people wanted to, like, look for more options. But I used it a little bit. I haven't had any success with that one, but maybe someone else will. Yeah. Yeah. Chime in and let me know about that. Yep. Okay. So what else do you use for a strategy to get that DA up? So the next strategy that I use is posting on Food Gawker. So this is actually a recipe gallery site and they accept like high quality food photography you can only post I think it's not that often because they have to like review the post and it pens for like a really long time yeah but you can post and get your photo out there and essentially get it having it seen by a lot of other big sites in hopes to get backlinks and I have gotten one backlink through that but it's just a little bit slower process but definitely something people should check out especially if you're really into food photography and and get your beautiful photos out there and hope that they can be seen so you can get some links from that too. Yes. I think we, like Food Gawker's been around forever. Even way back when I started blogging, it was a thing along with like taste spotting was a thing back then. I don't think that exists anymore, but uh-huh. it used to be a big deal. And it, I sometimes forget about it. Like, oh, that's right. Food Gawker's still around. I think my VA still posts my images there, but it's something like I don't hear people talking about this a lot, so I'm really glad you brought it up because newer bloggers might not even have it on their radar. So go check it out. I feel like back in the day, they were really selective about the photos they allowed in. Is that still the case? Yeah, I only get to post every like two weeks, pretty much like just two photos. So, so far they've chosen my photos. So I'm not like sure how selective they are now. Maybe they've changed their process a little bit. My My food photography is like, okay. I mean, I don't think I'm like amazing or anything, but I try to choose like the photos I'm proud of in hopes that they'll be more likely to choose them. Yeah. I remember sitting by my computer just like every day, like, did they pick mine? Did they pick mine? It was like an obsession. It's so funny. It's kind of fun to see and then you wait to see if they'll like accept it. So yeah, I think other bloggers should definitely check it out. It's a cool resource just to put your name out there. And, you know, also it's, almost like it appears to be almost like an Instagram style with like posts where people can like them Mm. and like go to your website too. So I don't know how many people are using it to actually look for recipes, but it could get some traffic to your site too, possibly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. What other strategies do you use? Yeah. My last strategy that I wanted to talk about is really just trying to get your posts more on the first page of Google to gain more natural backlinks. And I don't know if you've heard about this study, but Brandon Daly, who we've talked about already in this podcast, you know, from Wink IQ, he talks about this study that Ahrefs did that people who are in the position one spot on Google will get 24 do follow backlinks a year, just natural backlinks, which is quite a few. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So I would definitely try to get my post, you know, as much as I can, you know, on the first page of Google, because, you know, the reporters or journalists are more likely to see your post and choose like the first, maybe top three or, you know, the top posts on Google and then give you a natural backlink. So yeah, just in general, I've been trying to really focus on the 
you know, the low competition keywords that we were talking about before too, you know, using like rank IQ and then also, you know, linking, doing a lot of like internal linking throughout my posts to try to help them rank using like Link Whisperer. I don't know if you've ever used that. Mm-mm, I have not. Yeah, it's a good tool to help you do internal linking between your posts so that you can try to help them, you know, boost a little bit more in the SERPs too. So they say, I think... I think Brandon Geely talks about this, how you should try to link from your higher, essentially a post that's like ranking higher on Google to a newer post if they match up and it can help that newer post rank higher. So I do a lot of that just to try to see if it'll help boost things up a little bit more. I don't know how well it really works, but I follow his advice. I feel like he usually has good advice. I feel like he's an extremely smart person that we should all listen to. (laughs) There's so much that he says that I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's very logical. (laughs) Yes, very logical. Exactly. I love that you brought this kind of subtopic up because this reminded me that this is like the answer Brandon gives when people ask him about backlinks. He Like he goes through all of the, you know, the things we've talked about, but then he says creating these posts with low competition, high search volume, which is the whole point of Rank IQ, Mm -hmm. will get you on page one toward the top. And that is naturally, like you're saying, Allie, going to get you natural backlinks that you really don't have to work for because people are going to find that. They're going to be like, oh, this is a great guide. I'm going to put link to this. So you're like killing two birds with one stone. You're getting traction for that post and you're getting traffic, but then you're also naturally getting in the door for those backlinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great way just to remind us that, you know, try to just focus on building your overall blog, building good content, you know, to try to get it to rank on the first page of Google. And, you know, that will end up just leading to some natural building of authority over time, you know, building of that DA naturally, just like for you now, you know, you just you try to get your post to rank. And then I'm sure it gets so many natural backlinks now, you know, each year, because you have so many posts that are ranking. And so you don't really have to worry about trying to get as many backlinks because you're, you know, your, bo- your blog is just getting them naturally, which is great. Right. And I think like, that's the best strategy, because it's going to build mm-hmm. more momentum over time. You know, like it might happen quickly, like with yours, but also thinking about like in two years, think about how fast the momentum will be going on that. You're going to have all of these awesome ranking posts that went Mm -hmm. to Google really fast and like, yeah, it's just going to build up speed from there. So, and it's less work. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) We all like that. Just something that's building itself in the background. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't intend for this to be like a Brandon Gailey total episode, but it (laughs) is because he has so much good advice about this. But one other thing that he tells me and my, like when he comes into my groups, he will say guest posting on podcast or like being a guest on a podcast, guesting, whatever. That is another great way to build backlinks really easily because most podcast show notes will include a do follow link to your blog. So that's a great, Mm -hmm. like a lot of podcasts have just really reputable, awesome blogs. So to Mm -hmm. link to your site from there would be a great idea too. And we already have the knowledge, like whatever your niche is, if you're talking about, you know, like how to make vegan meat, you know, soy curls or whatever, and you're on a podcast, that's something you already know about. So you can show up and just naturally talk about that and get a do follow link. So I think that's another great way to do that. I love that idea too. I mean, it's, it's so lovely to be on your podcast too and get to like share my knowledge. And I, 
I really hope that this encourages other new bloggers too to look into doing a podcast or getting on a podcast. You can build that backlink, but also share your experiences. I feel like we all have something to, something to share. We've all had different journeys. We've all learned something along the way that we can use to like help other people. So I definitely encourage other bloggers to look into doing podcasting too. Yeah. And it's a it's a win for everyone when you're on a podcast, you're like the the host welcomes you on the show and you're delivering value to their listeners. So it's a win for them. It's a win for you mm-hmm. because you get a backlink. I mean, it's like a win all around. So Yeah. I think that everyone should check that like explore that possibility. Yes, I love that. Is there anything else? What other strategies are in your back pocket? Well, that's pretty much it for for my strategies. I would say the biggest one, though, is really the Facebook Roundup groups and just being consistent. I mean, this is really just comes down to trying to show up every day, even if you don't feel like it, just trying to find, you know, a place where you could get a backlink, trying to find someone who's looking for, you know, a recipe Roundup. So I would definitely just keep trying every day and you know, the number will build over time and your blog's just authority will continue to grow just like yours, you know, over years too. So I think knowing, you know, going into this blogging journey, I know, you know, it's not going to be a short-term win. It's, it's, you're really in it for like the long haul. And so I think, you know, starting off strong like this is a great way to just build your blog, you know, for the long term. Yes. I love this. I think that we, like we allude to this topic occasionally on podcasts, but we've never dedicated an entire episode to it. So I think this is so great to dive into, whether you're a newer blogger or a more experienced blogger. I think we all could benefit from a little domain authority boost, right? So yeah, why not give it a try? Yes. I hope it's helpful to people. So Yes. Well, thank you so much, Allie. This was awesome. I really enjoyed talking to you and we appreciate you. Oh yeah. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me on. It was really great chatting with you. You're so sweet. You sound like so sweet on all of your podcasts. And I'm just so great. It's so great to meet you finally. Wouldn't that be funny if I was actually like a big jerk in real life? Like, (laughs) just like, I wonder if that ever happens when people are like, they sound so nice on the podcast. And then in real life, you're like, oh. Oh, I'm sure it's happened. I mean, you think about like actors and actresses too, who seem, they seem all sweet. And then you hear about these stories about how they're not so nice in real life. So I'm sure it happens, but definitely not the case for you at all. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's super nice of you. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with Allie? I do have a favorite quote and I actually don't know who it's by. And I tried to Google it, but I couldn't find the author of it, but I want to share it with people. So the quote is, when people go all in on the things they love, magical things start to happen. And I just, I just really love that quote because I feel like it really resonates with me and my passion and love for food blogging, sharing my love for like plant-based cooking and trying to share that with the world. And I'm just really diving into this, you know, like head first. And I'm already seeing like magical things start to happen. It's like, I'm growing my blog and and helping other people. And so I hope other people resonate with that too, as food bloggers, you know, we're very passionate people. So I'm sure we see, you know, a lot of magical things from our passion for food blogging. I love that you chose that quote. And I just have to say to you, Allie, nice work, just like finding, making a goal and you did this in such a short time frame. I just feel like oh, thank you. so inspired by that. That's so amazing that you did it and you just made it happen. And 
that's kind of the point of that whole quote. So yeah. Yeah. I'm a goal setter. So it's like, (laughs) that's definitely who I am. And I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. I got to crush those goals, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. We will put a show notes together for you, Allie. So if anyone wants to go look at any of the references or resources we talked about in the episode, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash naturally plant-based. And I'm going to let you tell everyone how you spell that because I think it's so cool. I love the play on words. And then you can also tell everyone where to find you. Yeah. So how you spell it is N-A-T-U-R-A-L-L-I-E. So I have my name in it. So you can find it at, see, I'm actually, Megan, it's funny that you say it, but I'm still debating if I want it to be naturally plant-based or naturally plant-based. Ah. I haven't fully decided yet. So if other people who are listening want to let me know which one they like better, let me know. But you can find me at naturallyplantbased.com or my Instagram is the same at naturallyplantbased. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you again so much, Ellie, for being here. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.